0: Poison. I don't think of it as chocolate. Yeah. I think of it as poison. You know what I mean? So every time I get ready to reach for it, I see myself in the hospital. So I'm like, uh. Oh, yeah. Not no. me.
1: Call me Willy Wonka, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Willy Wonka. I've always wanted to be a chocolatier. <laughs> good. But... Yeah. You know,
2: you know the worst. You know the worst people are the the people who get really good at baking, but like I don't I don't eat any yeah. sugary <laughs> stuff. I just like to make you eat it. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are like you trying to kill me, bro? That would yeah. be you as a chocolatier. He'd be like, yeah, you I'd... know. Making some crazy chocolate designs, but it's like, I don't, I don't eat this stuff. Oh, it's terrible God. for you. You eat it. <laughs>
1: okay. I, I used to work, I won't say where I used to work, but I used to work in a well-on supermarket and we used to have to do all the bakeries yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And obviously a lot of them got slipped. The- <laughs> I know, Sarah that's chocolate right. So I was but doing <laughs> nice. that every day for, yeah. for a few years. On. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do it on.
2: Oh, there he is. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the North of Jits podcast. I'm not sure which number. <laughs> I know. It's been a few weeks since we've done one. Uh, this week on the show, we've got Professor Odisa. Hello. And we've got Coach Mike Burton here. Oh. Uh, I believe the only purple belt in the academy right now. Yeah. Um, He's very cool. You we Well, when we did the feedback form recently, we had some uh, some people ask for more of the like the kids coaches to be on. So I thought that's a good idea. We used to do a lot of that and then we stopped for a while and then we've got a lot more kids coaches on now. And then I think at a team meeting one of the people said, wow, we need to have Mike Burton on. He'd he'd have a good story. So um, no pressure. but uh,
0: (laughs) Inquiring minds.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, I guess with these ones we usually just start off uh, with where um where you started off in your jiu-jitsu journey but mm. well, this one i guess is a bit interesting because you didn't actually start here whereas a lot of yeah. our coaches did start here in jiu-jitsu so why don't you take us back um uh to your original experience of martial arts or maybe jiu-jitsu i don't know which which one was first
1: uh yeah i did as a kid as of many years you know i did a bit karate and everything else and a bit kickboxing but never really fully committed to any of it mm. and then um yeah, I ended up because I was just saying I, I, I was about 16 stone and so I took up Muay Thai mm. and in a couple of years I lost five stone. Wow. And uh, just, 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 just for conditioning, not to Yeah, spa, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to pay to get punched in the face. And was this
0: here or was it in like London? Like uh, where were you? in recently, Leeds, in Leeds, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And then I got into that and then obviously got into the, going to the gym and looking after myself a bit more. But I still never. Was felt fulfilled, just going to a gym, just lifting weights, and and I'd always, if my work got in the way and going away and doing photography, I just always went backwards, and you never felt like you were progressing. You know, you you lose weight and you get in shape, and then you know the discipline goes, and you spend a month of eating rubbish and had to stay in that routine. When yeah, you... and I wanted to find something that would still keep me fit. Right. That I would feel like, regardless of a month out or something, I was still going to be developing and progressing and um so yeah i think it was about 2016 um there's a black belt called uh, leroy holcroft at factory bjj he's uh, adam adshed's uh, student and um he and i have a mutual friend and that is an artist and i was like oh i want to photograph some martial artists and so he recommended oh i know this guy is cool with beard bald just mm. tattoos and so i went over to stockport photographed him, watching him training, and then oh, obviously already I'd seen it from UFC and mm-hmm. so I was kind of a bit familiar with some of it. And uh, they recommended Game Fight, uh, where to go to train, and I can't I remember contacting Mab Sumer, professor professor. but still it was that anxiety of trying something new and Mm. it took me probably two years till 2018 to decide okay i'm gonna just go and do it Mm. um my condition was dropping again and i thought i need to just start something and i deal with quite a lot of anxiety so it was kind of yeah a bit hard for me to just jump jump into that and then uh, yeah just one day i just thought just do it and yeah first class i was hooked It's cool, isn't Um, it? Yeah, I got beaten up, but it was
2: was fun. (laughs) So, I mean, there's a lot there for people, obviously, that might not know. You're a photographer by, like, profession, right? Yeah, yeah. How did that start?
1: Well, I didn't want to be originally. I've always liked (laughs) film and photography, but it was always more of a hobby as as a kid growing up, you know, watching Spielberg and things, but I never thought of it as a career. Um, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. (laughs) <laughs> so I played for Leeds, I went to California and oh, yeah. played the season in, at university there. Uh, but yeah, well oh. good enough, weren't tall enough. Could jump stepping <laughs> on the mic. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, but back then, you know, it was talking like 2000. We were
2: watching uh, Woody Har- Harrelson in the uh, Whitehall yeah, yeah, Rangers. Right? Right? Exactly. that's yeah. me. <laughs> I thought I, sort
1: of, I could just grab the ring but my hands were too small to palm the ball. And, and, but yeah, I, I went over there and get, thought, just give it a try, you know. But you never know if you don't try. Totally. But, but without a scholarship, it was financially it's mm. expensive. So, and even you know, 20 odd years ago, it's it wasn't easy. So I just ended up after a couple of terms deciding to. I was studying physiotherapy as well. Uh, to just, I decided just to travel across the states. Um, went went from west coast all the right, way across the east coast on a train took like five days from that San fine. Francisco to New York. That must have Just been sitting fine. in a regular chair. I didn't have a cabin or yeah, 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 no yeah. shower, just going into the, <laughs> the <laughs> toilets to wash my beds, You know, you
0: know yeah. hardly
1: any food. And I kind of struggled with that because I... Wait, so
2: it, it wasn't like one where you'd stop and get off
1: and then no, spend wait, a day somewhere? No, twice, like in Colorado. No, wait, so Colorado. Colorado. I'm thinking like you know, kind of trains where you stop yeah, off for no, a no. few days somewhere. No. No. Yeah, just two stops the whole journey in Colorado wow. and Chicago. Wow. And so when I was in Chicago, I had about five hours to do the Sears Tower and mm-hmm. go to Michael Jordan's restaurant. And, uh, had to was be it done. good? Had to be done. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And um, yeah, and then got to New York and New York was amazing. I was by myself, but I kind of definitely grew because I was quite a shy, introverted kid.
2: Mm. And, how, old, uh, how old were you at this time?
1: When I went there, um, I was uh, well, 2000, so I was 22. Okay.
2: Right. Yeah, so. And had you been to university? or
1: had you... No, I'd been to college, did sports science and everything and just Correct. went that sport route. Didn't really know what I wanted to kind of go and do, and, but as long as it was to do with sport, basketball. Mm. Um, hence, that kind of led me down the physio route. Um, but then when I came back, i was like i don't know if i want to do this now and so and i didn't want to wait another year because i I couldn't get in through clearing and i thought another year of waiting and so i ended up just uh because i prior to that i was working in chapel alton hospital as an assistant physio just in neurology ward so mainly dealing with stroke patients so i've always worked in care Mm. as well so um it just seemed a natural transition Mm. and um but yeah it was a Physio, just yeah, it wasn't something that kind of. Maybe I just felt I had to do it because it was just the natural progression with the sport and everything else and my interests. Uh, but maybe it wasn't something I had much desire to do. Oh, yeah. So when I got back, I ended up just going to film school, and it was like the guinea pigs. It was the first year of this particular course. It's called Northern Film School, and um, did yeah three years there, just doing student films and having a laugh, and left there. First job was on Emmerdale. As an assistant stage manager so it's just kind of more continuity helping actors with a dialogue and Mm. that kind of Mm -hmm. thing i'm curious to know if a knows what
2: emma dale is no (laughs) i'm just listening (laughs) it's it's
1: like a a sitcom well it's not a sitcom so much it's like uh um you heard of carnation street eastenders that kind of thing it's it's like it's it's on three or four (laughs) times a week it's these half hours. So it's the
2: Yorkshire version of Two and a Half Men.
1: Okay, yeah. excellent. <laughs> excellent. Yes. So it was, uh, yeah, it, it was okay. Long, long hours, you know, yeah. six days a week, 12 plus hour days. Um, so it wasn't kind of going from student to that. It was kind of complete contrast because a student, is just a laugh. Yeah. And just and making films and going to film festivals and stuff. And then it gets serious and boring. And so, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, I did that and then obviously met my wife and kids came along and had to be responsible and <laughs> get a proper job and yeah and I did that on and off for a few about just got a regular job for about six years um and and it wasn't until my stepfather was 50 passed away of cancer that was kind of that moment of you know, life's too short do what mm. you're passionate about do what you love mm. so I just got into photography and, and film again um, and just started freelancing it yeah, beautiful shooting events working for a few production companies uh, doing stuff for the the olympics for the london games for national lottery um and then what did i do yeah then that died down and i started assisting photographers and working on you know, traveling around the world working on for brands with mm. reebok and adidas or adidas whichever you pronounce <laughs> it <laughs> and um and and yeah and that kind of just took off and everything that's else. awesome and, and yeah, just assisting, and then after the assisting, I, d- I went up, did it alone. Yeah. Mm. Doing a lot of this video production work on, just for events and that kind of thing, but obviously since Covid, right. there's, that's kind of dried up with yeah, events. so now sure. my focus is more on my my art. That's beautiful. Um, so I just want to just keep developing my work and, you know, it's not doesn't pay obviously, but maybe one day I'll start selling prints.
2: How many, uh, you got Rufus and you got another boy, right?
1: yeah rufus and oliver rufus obviously yeah. trains here he's 15. yeah oliver yeah I was, I was 28 when he was born so it was a bit of an adjustment from having because i went i was a student late mm. so I, I stopped being there i left film school when i was like 20 25. Yeah. So so i had a bit of a, a bit of a hiatus gap from leaving college <laughs> at 19 working for a couple of years then going to america go, yeah. and coming back and and then uh, yeah he was oliver was born in twenty-eight. he's that <clears throat> he's at college now he's 17 so he's big in his sport he likes you know, he plays good level of football
2: right uh, and no he, martial he, arts as kids or anything
1: No. Uh, well yeah no I did take them both to I took Oliver to Game Fight to do Jiu Jitsu which is where I started and he uh, yeah I thought he had potential but at the time he again he was one of the biggest kids in the group mm. so I, felt, I think he felt a little bit like they didn't really have a huge kids class mm. uh, so him rolling with tiny kids and stuff I don't think he was that, well, interest- sure. was that yeah. interested yeah, right. and i'd taken them both to muay thai as well prior to before i started jujitsu and they enjoyed that as well but it was just yeah it was a trek you know kids kind of after a while they just well interested just go yeah. different ways and uh but rufus starting here it's nice because he and i never really had that connection mm. where oliver and i with the sport and him being very athletic it was always Sunday league football you know we always had that shared interest mm. and now Rufus just one day just said to me can I come and watch your class and I was like yeah sure it just it wanted me to show him a few things And next day he came down watched the class and I think he got talking to Professor Mike and he convinced him to come do a trial and class and then yeah he, he's got hooked on it That's as well beautiful. so it's nice that at home you know we can talk about jiu-jitsu and drill together. And I think it's given you, like, a bit of a different relationship with him, then. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, yeah. It's definitely a bond's kind of growing a lot more.
2: Nice. Yeah. And how long do you think before he starts to, you know, give you a real child? Maybe, I
1: don't know. He's bigger than me now, anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can see his legs
1: are so, There's or his, his his really so long. He's yeah. lanky, he's <laughs> lanky. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting oh, him being, like... I'm so sorry, I thought i turned that is, off. Him being, like, a premature child, as well. And, and uh you know, how he's just like, he's bigger than his brother, you know, so. Um, right. Yeah, and he's taller than me as well. But, uh, but yeah, no, he's, and he's never particularly been into team sports or anything, he's always been very, you know, he li- likes his art, likes drawing, yeah, also gaming like most kids, um, so for him to start to show a bit of an interest in this and, because for a while I think they both used to, give me digs like just like rolling around with sweaty men <laughs> yeah. and I'm like it's not like that you know <laughs> yeah. we're, not, we're not cuddling it's uh you know you say <laughs> not saying like, you're coming you're getting re naked choked but but yeah no he's uh he's getting into it so it's it's nice we've just got that shared.
2: Yeah. So, so you go to your first class at game fight you really enjoy it mm. and then uh what happens did it get you did it, you know the proverbial hooks did it get into you uh, yeah well that, you that was really
1: different because it was a uh, and it wasn't structured like it is here in the sense of it was you know you're kind of thrown to the wolves you know so even as a white belt zero stripes you're rolling with blue purple brown black yeah and so yeah you're getting a good hiding so mm. but, which i think is a good test of your character that and like with a lot of people here you know especially the white belts you you come in every day and you're getting beaten up by the experienced people and it's kind of you think that would suck but you still you still got a smile on your face and you're enjoying it i think my first role was with this little Polish woman and I think she was purple belt. So I respected that she'd probably been doing it a while and she knew a few things, but the male ego was like, she can't beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, about five minutes late, I was, I was humbled. Yeah, you're uh, like, she came. I was like, how did she do that? How, <laughs> how did she control me like that? And uh, yeah, so straight away I was going like four or five times a week quite intensely. And, but again, maybe right. too, too much too soon, picking up injuries along the way. Mm. And, and kind of slowed my progress a little bit, but
2: that's a real thing, right? That too much too soon. But to trying to convince someone of that at the time yeah. is is a nightmare. It's really it's hard. hard. Like, no, no, yeah. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm yeah, not,
1: I'm not getting injured and I
2: won't burn out. It's fine. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's it. And yeah. I started at forty, so yeah. it's kind of like not not the easiest time to start as well. And right, and, and, and I wish maybe I'd started that couple of years prior when I was in much better shape physically i was in the gym six days a week and mm-hmm. lifting mm-hmm. and a lot more athletic than i was when I, I started so i think maybe that would have helped if i kept on going to the gym with the injury prevention uh, which way i'm at now with all of my chiropractor and physio appointments and stuff which i'm seeing today uh, just for the aches and pains just trying to get it get myself fixed and then speaking to like johnny and sam about conditioning and trying to yeah. You know, a bit of size on and protect your joints yeah because as you get old, older the muscle is you know losing the mass and it's such a big deal and and focusing on the nutrition as well and just trying to implement that and so i was reading it i think grace Barha posted something the other day uh, Luke, lucas valente is it oh yeah Maybe. yeah talking about nutrition for jujitsu and it's quite an interesting article but then again you um you know, we're not professional athletes. You know, I might what works for one doesn't necessarily. You know, I'm a fan of like Mikey Musumeci, but eating a seven thousand calorie pizza once a day probably isn't. Mm-hmm. I'm just probably going to go pff, balloon because I'm not training twelve hours a day like no, is. Mean, so yeah. it's that perspective of what 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 would work for me. You know, you look at your role models and you want to kind of emulate them, but it's a bit unrealistic when we're majority of us are just enthusiasts. And it's, it's true. It's a hobby. It's true.
2: Yeah, it's also like I think. I think convenience is a big factor. If, if it, you know, you could go on like the perfect diet type thing, like you know, some kind of to put on mass. Let's say some bodybuilding diet, but you got to eat every three hours and mm-hmm. you got to do all this meal prep and it's like, I got to get up at three in the morning to have oh, a protein no. shake. I'm like, I'm not doing that. am I? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, no. like, I'll barely make a sandwich. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> when I lost all the weight, I had to, you know, I was doing the MyFitnessPal and scanning yeah. everything and weighing all my food, mm-hmm. and it just it was just. Monosmous. Yeah, Mayhem. boy, and it just took the fun out of just eating and it definitely helps educate you a bit more in terms of portion control. Uh, you know, not yep. filling my cereal bowl up thinking that's about forty-five <laughs> grams, when forty-five yeah. grams is just yeah. a it's tiny, awesome. tiny portion. So you're always kind of probably overeating hence mm. and the weight gain. But um
2: So how long did it take you to get your uh your blue belt?
1: about two years. So I got it just just before we went into lockdown mm. in the early March. Um so, yeah that was a uh, yeah that was a good experience in game five it was more whips than giving speeches which was uh thankfully they didn't whip you as a blue belt he was purple belt beyond so I oh, the, gauntlet. To the, stage to the gauntlet. having to do the gauntlet and getting slashed but um but yeah but no it was a, it was a fun environment to be in you know it was quite again a, very different to here in terms of how things are structured and the courses, um, you know very, very kind of loose you know you rock up you do your thing but the classes were a bit longer so there's a lot more emphasis on drills and just up and down the mats just working movement 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 which i think has definitely benefited me for you know, training now you know, yeah. in terms of here the the the, the technical knowledge and the, the, the curriculum really helps you kind of build on those foundations mm-hmm.
2: um, yeah i think the, the movement skills are really important you know, i try and emphasize that in in class for people to go away and Really study I think even last week, you know, I taught a class and it's like today we're learning the technical stand up and and basically, you know, express it through doing these techniques. It's like mm-hmm. uh, and then people are like, Ah, okay, sure. And then I'm like, Oh, here's the technical stand up in this technique, here's the technical stand up in this technique, here's the technical stand up this technique. Um unless you're like really efficient with those movements, it can be difficult to actually pull off an, a technique, you know. It's really true.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I was quite surprised, you know, in terms of and and again maybe it's just because of the less drilling here and and it's more emphasis on yourself to do that outside Mm. to to build on those and work your bridging and your shrimping and your inversions and things uh how yeah some people trying to coordinate that get the body to coordinate to do those movements is not probably easy for a lot of people especially depending on the background they come from and their their jobs or their other sports to do you know they might be very you know, footballers and stuff, yeah. tightened hamstrings, not much flexibility and everything. And
2: it's cool, we've, got the, um, we've got the Bar half Fit now, Wednesday morning, so like, you know, people who maybe want a bit more hand mm. assistance with that stuff, I'd say that's the place they want to be because yeah. it's going to be all those movements that are like the building blocks for your Jiu-Jitsu movements. Yeah. Um, they're going to be emphasising that class. Oh, you've got, you know, the study halls where a lot of people mm. who've, Decided to really nail down those movements,
1: go, and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll practice in there. Well, I was doing the yoga for BJJ during lockdown. Yeah. And I felt that helped a lot. Yeah. Just, again, in terms of the movement, adding a little bit of strength and stability and balance and everything else. But uh, I'm quite into all that primal stuff, the gymnastic That's really and cool. natural. Yeah. And all the bear crawls and things. And it's, uh, I'd, I'd like to do that a little bit more. Maybe go on a course or something, and mm. again, just for more of my personal development, not necessarily just to make me better at right. or to move better, but it's something I'm, I'm gonna check off the list for sure. For sure.
2: So, um, if you don't mind asking, like, what was the catalyst for you to then leave Game Fight to decide to go yeah. somewhere else?
1: Partly career. And Everything it was impacting me getting down there and, and then after lockdown, I was going from training four or five times a week to getting down there once twice mm. and I, I think my motivation started to slip and and it just got to that point of you know you know as 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 much as I kind of loved training there and the people and and developed a nice small group of friendships not maybe to the extent of here with the community right you know there's very much people always reaching out to you and you're always catching up with people you know, slightly slightly different there but um you know you had your little clicks and things um i just wasn't getting down much and i think i didn't want to lose that passion i didn't want to stop training yeah and i wanted to keep developing and and this is on the doorstep Uh, right so it just seemed so much more convenient and you know obviously you, you hear different things and not sure and obviously it's always quite anxious to walk away from somewhere that you've been familiar with for, th- for three and a half years yeah. um, to then tell them I'm, I'm going and it, it felt hard you know because yeah. you want to be kind of loyal and everything yeah. else but at the end of the day it's more about your personal development and your journey. Um, so then I thought, you know, I'll just come and give it a try. You know, if it's if if it's if I don't like it, then there's no commitment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I came to that one trial class, and yeah, it was I was buzzing. It was uh, you know, the people, the community. You really feel that kind of spirit here. Mm. And you know, and, and, and as well in terms of the the curriculum, I felt like that would have helped my jujitsu. So since coming here, I felt like I've gotten better technically, just because of the curriculum. Um, because it's not just like one day you're doing this, the next day you're doing something else. You you're following that structure the whole week, yeah, and that helps you kind of build on those foundations. And I,
2: feel, I, feel, I certainly think it helps round out games because, like, if you just follow what your instruction naturally wants to do, then you'll kind of emulate the mm-hmm. things that they're good at yeah, because right. we always want to teach things that we're good at really of course when it comes to a mat week i'm like fucking yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: well i said there's some things you teach here where actually i'm like yeah this is not my strong point oh, yeah i yeah, know no, yeah, you know yeah. you're playing spider guard or turtle or something and last week i was teaching spider guard into like 50
2: 50 i'm like i don't ever play any of this but it's like good to um just know that it yeah, exists yeah.
0: right what, what and know I, that you can have a kind of a, a sketch of how it could be you know what mm-hmm. I mean? If yeah. you wanted to play this is what I should do if I find myself here.
1: Yeah. yeah and I think it's important fun. to kind of yeah. learn and try all those things because eventually you get to a stage of, as a purple belt of trying to do, have a game plan now and, and develop a style. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you're not going to know that without trying things. And that game fight was very individually led in a sense. You know, you came to class, but, you know, you were studying content, you were trying new things, mm-hmm. um, but then you're trying things in a way where, you know, you practicing bolos, and it's you know, probably possibly not doing them right. I'm not doing them the right, right. way, or those little details. So since coming here, you know, a lot of the techniques I've done before, but then there's all those little polish. Yeah, polishing up the technique with the grip switches. Mm-hmm. so now I feel like I'm chaining techniques together better. I'm seeing the movements, I'm seeing their reaction, I'm seeing where I need to go next. If yeah. they grip me a certain way. I'm seeing what's right. going what's coming or what they're trying to, trying to do. But I'm still yet feel like, yeah, this is where I'm going, you know, like oh, I'm a bevin bolo, I'm a guard player or guard passer, which, you know, I'm still, still unsure kind of mm. which direction, but I do know that I gravitate towards the lever mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I kind of see single leg X, X guards, sweeps, back takes kind of building, right. building from that. So that's kind of where my, my focus is. But a lot of the influence comes from you know, watching Mikey Musumeci, Lucas Leprey, uh, Tynan Dalpera. Those are kind of the three people I follow now where when I first started, it was all Leandro Lowe and Bushesha, who yeah. I can't really model myself from their game plan because they're giants. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> my body type is probably different to be trying to play their game.
0: It's, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know who I was talking with, but I was just having this conversation about how when I was younger, I remember, I was just trying to do an armbar white belt and, and Kurt Osiander was like, you, you, you're you trying to move like your half mm-hmm. and you're not, you're too tall yeah. you, you've got to be different about it. And, and that was the first time I'd ever heard or conceived the idea that you want to kind of fight for your body type, you know? So he was like, yeah, man. He's like, you want to be like this more. And so I started, immediately looking, uh, you know, in those days, if you could get a VHS with some jujitsu on it, it was a gold mine. Mm-hmm. But I was always looking for the taller fighters, for the longer limb fighters, and paying attention to what takedowns are they doing that's working, what submissions and sweeps are working. And I started trying to incorporate that. I think the first person I started following intentionally was like Murillo Bustamane and then uh, Carlos Fajeto. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. Body type matters.
1: Yeah. V- VHS. I'm showing you ancient. Floppy disks. I had the ancient. <laughs> on, no, it's, not some, it's not something <laughs> you can had. You had Katie Dorrins. You couldn't find them in Blockbuster because you No, know No. no, no. no. <sighs> uh, black market. Somewhere. Exactly. No,
0: yeah, exactly. Strictly black market. But
1: well, now it's great. I mean, it's so open with YouTube the YouTube the content know. that's on there. It's endless. It's endless. Uh, you know, and especially now with all the Nogi guys and Gordon Ryan and these people are kind of changing the game of what was a traditional art mm-hmm. before within the mm-hmm. gi. Mm-hmm. Now it's mm-hmm. evolved into something much bigger. Yeah.
2: yeah, it was pretty amazing. Changing everything about it. You know, it's it's people are you know worried about what AI is going to do for um, loads of jobs at the moment. But like, mm. if you just take the word AI out, AI out of it and take and just replace it with just technology the way that um even for what might seem like a super secure position like a jitsu instructor the you know i don't think if if someone wanted to open up an academy now you could open up an academy um and then just you could just let's say uh, you and For your mates right Mm -hmm. you could open up your mike's garage academy right none of you know jiu-jitsu let's say right spend the equivalent that you would all spend on one year's jiu-jitsu membership on bjj fanatics and pretty much just like start learning like good level jiu-jitsu and kind of critiquing each other being like oh well he's actually doing it like this in the video like yeah this you know um I mean, it, it would miss out a lot on what I think people actually do get from Jiu-Jitsu, which isn't just like the technical art side yeah. of things. It's mm-hmm. like the community thing, striving for like, striving to be better than you are totally. type of stuff. But um, yeah, I think that technology piece has really changed a lot of what it is.
1: Yeah. But you need that hands-on now. You know, you yeah. can't you, you get your blue belt online and... It's not the same, you know, no, actually no. physically wrong with somebody and somebody yeah, yeah. you know, somebody with experience giving you those pointers. Yeah. But, I mean, you hear of people setting up academies, has blue belts and purple belts, and I don't know, I, I feel like it's, it's possible to do that. I know the, um, can't remember his name, the Daisy Fresh guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, couch. Yeah. Was the guy that? who runs oh, the place. Set uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think, he, he didn't have a professor, I don't believe, or
2: that might be right yeah or how uh, he started the yeah, start story i right, started
1: it off but, but but i mean look again of the, the quality of fighters has developed he's yeah doing it in like a garage or something mm.
2: so. i think um on your point about the body type also mm-hmm. having a big part on your jiu-jitsu i think also your personality type has a big big part mm. and yeah And i was telling this uh to someone at some point, and they kind of like scoffed like ah, oh, like i was take making it as a joke mm-hmm. i was like no no i'm not, I'm not joking like if you to make it just so sort of like, just because there's easy archetypes in like the Marvel superhero uniforms, right? Right, right, right. Like Thor would be a pressure passer, right? Wouldn't right. Like,
1: but <laughs> Clearly, Loki yeah. is going
2: to be like, you know, he's going to be a guard player tricking people. Yeah, he's going to be tricky back takes sliding around. things like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, absolutely. And Odin's going to be setting up traps and stuff like that. Um, That's interesting perspective. And wherever you and those are obviously easy because that are very defined characters that they're, they're supposed to be in their places and you know none of us are probably as defined as, as that but um you kind of got to decide like well what is where am i on that spectrum of personality and, mm-hmm. and where does that fit into what uh what jujitsu is and what different parts of jujitsu mm. is like um am I kind of like a grind it out hardcore person? Or am I going to be just like sitting in someone's half guard and smash and pass? Or am right. I more like, I like to feel a bit more looser in my game. I'm going to hit more outside passing type thing. Or um, do I actually just feel like I'm a bit more safer on the bottom position? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be more of a bottom player. Like These are all factors that you might want to I'm sure there's some jujitsu quiz out there, some personality type quiz, and it tells you, tells you like, this is what your game should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's actually cool. That says no make one.
1: <laughs> I remember doing, them doing a quiz like that when I was in school and you had to sit and do this test and, and it kind of told you what career you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to make, they said engineer to me and I'm like, well, Tell about science and math. Where yeah. do you come with that idea? I don't uh, know. I don't, I I don't think you can engineer possi- groups, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can do that though. I mean, I mean, obviously every time you roll with somebody, it's a different. You're getting something different. Yeah. So you, you have to adjust and adapt and not allow them to play their game and, and to make them, you know, set up their traps and force them into positions that they're, mm, that they're not familiar com- with. Or confused with that in, that game,
0: yeah. right? Hesitant, even just to... Take somebody to where they're hesitant
1: mm-hmm. is
0: is a crazy. It's a beautiful thing yeah. to, to to
2: do that. Um, I think, funnily enough, though, I'm not sure as as another high ranking person in the academy. If you do this, I almost do the opposite with my jujitsu. jitsu. So I try and go into where other people are strongest mm-hmm. because if I just take you know relatively inexperienced people to the places that I'm strongest, it's like right. I don't really get much better at my stronger positions. But if I know Tom, or Lauren, or yourself, Mike, have got, like, good De La games, I might be like, all right,
0: I'm going to go into the De La Riva so I can see Experience if, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, mm-hmm. like, to, to be balanced, you probably have to do a little bit of both. Mm. Right? Like, you got to be able to, like, walk into someone's preferred space, but then also... Because sometimes you're just not in the mood for it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That's like, true. like, yeah. yeah, I'm not dealing with this today. We're going to go over here. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? But and as so. you say, in
1: terms of it's not just your development; it's their development yeah. as well. So if you're not kind of mm. giving a bit of t- give and take sure. and allowing them to try things on you, and mm-hmm. then you developing being able to pass that behavor guard, yeah, if it's your weak point, you know, just so, I think some it. of the
2: best <clears throat> people in the academy are actually like not just not Just my opinion of them, but they actually just do perform the best. Mm. Um, I actually, when I look around, are the people who do let that happen like they'll mm-hmm. give stuff away to be like, Oh, how can like uh, you know, they'll let someone catch them? I'm like, I know that person isn't like catching that person, right? Like, um, but they're letting them kind of work that position and they've yeah. got the humility to let that, um, let that happen. Where I feel the people who are just Closed off and play a negative Mm. game where, like, I just don't want anything to happen, right? Um, you don't grow as much, yeah. You don't grow as much, yeah.
1: Well, that's the ego, isn't it? Kind of uh, getting in the way of not wanting to be tapped or made to look Mm. fool in front of people, where really it's, it's not so much about that. I mean, I could easily, when I'm on side control, and especially rolling with the women as well, you've got to, and the kids, you know, you've got to kind of adapt and change your whole. I, I, I think you so in... much
0: development rolling with kids. Mm. It's so fun yeah, yeah. to observe and experience that, you know.
1: Um, it's playful it, as well, and it's not, you know. There's no, well, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm person. Yeah, I'm
0: going to finish everybody.
1: And, and with a lot of the, when when we're doing the positional sparring, I'm definitely conscious conscientious of that of yeah. when I'm with a woman or mm-hmm. somebody less experienced, mm-hmm. giving them an opportunity too sweep me or at least not just go in there like full throttle and just give them at least <laughs> just, some, yeah. just starting to drag. some time to try yeah. to uh, set something up before I pass or whatever
2: but. We'll, we'll talk about coaching for a bit as well but I think one of the best ways you can just improve your jiu-jitsu is volunteer to be a kids coach you get to roll with the kids more because <laughs> there's just so many aspects, aspects of how it makes you better yeah. because you're rolling with someone that really can't hurt you Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless they're like yeah, Joe, yeah. Rufus, you whatever know, that right, right. kind of size. Um they really can't really do much to you if you just you know you can muscle out. So I imagine what I imagine it's what you feel it feels like to be Johnny Gratian for a, for a five <laughs> minutes. Um yeah, and, uh, but so like I've been getting good at foot sweeps just because I just practice on the kids non-stop. Oh, that's hilarious. And, you know, I yeah, I them I again. Like, oh, okay, I didn't want that time. Um, and when you're, when you're specific training, I have specific training with them like I think they're made of glass. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't hurt this person. I can't like force it too much. You know, yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah. So everything has to be just precise and it has to be using their momentum and using their body weight to do, not just, right, I mean, yeah, the now, yeah, and
0: like And it really yeah. makes you focus on your technique, I think. You, I fl- you I flow a
1: lot more, don't you? you yeah, kind yeah. Of just let things happen naturally.
0: I also find working with the kids, and I, I knew this before I was here, but I'm experiencing it more because there's just more kids to, to experience mm-hmm. it with, is um, I love how when they're not getting something because they're young, and because they're in a good mood and they're happy, right? Like, you don't to be like, no, you're totally doing it wrong, right? <laughs> Not like I was like that, but you can't afford to be like that because yeah. you'll shut them down. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, so that's the emotional part of it. But then the technical part is you have to speak simply, mm-hmm. right? So that they get it. Like, you can't be like, all right, bro, check this out and like go into this whole wormhole. Yeah. It's like they, they don't even know what a wormhole is. So yeah. you have to speak really clear to yeah. them and be emotionally upbeat so that they grasp it. And I was just telling somebody the other day, I said, I like these classes because I realized when I can convey this to them, I can convey it to anyone. Yeah. Right. If you can tell them how to do the armbar better, how to pass the guard, how to recognize their posture, like you can do it with any adult. Well, yeah.
1: when you've got 400 students, you know, you've got to adapt as well and and speak to people differently. And, you know, not everybody's going to react to been spoken to harshly as you would do the adults and then with the kids you know it's got to be on a different levels. yeah but even i've learned just from doing it it's there's times where i'm saying stuff and they're looking at me like blank like what on yeah. the platter what <laughs> yeah. and i'm like okay i forget you're not there yet you haven't been taught that but uh but yeah generally when i'm seeing the kids doing it i'm not kind of too bothered about really picking them up on the detail consistently. Yeah. I Especially, just want them to have yeah. fun and, and enjoy doing the technique, rather than yeah, the grip wasn't quite right. But it, it's yeah, nailing the kids, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Like until they're at a certain like Sam and uh, some Dawson and the who are like mm. just about grey belts now. Well, Sam mm-hmm. is a grey belt, the I'm sure they're soon. Um, like I can, I can pick them up on like smaller details, and they'll understand. Whereas for the majority of kids, I just want them to like grasp the basic, like the, the, like the, the fundamental kind of. concept and in that, movement. That's what yeah. improves you as a coach as well. It's like or in any field, they say like when you when you really know something well, you can you're able to explain it to a five year old and we are literally trying to explain mm-hmm. stuff to five year olds. That's true. What what can you break this quite complex topic down, a and jitsu technique, and just give it what's the essence of the technique? What's what's the one or two things? Uh, like really make make this work and how can i explain that to a 5 year old to mm-hmm. a 16 year old and um that i think uh really makes you think about what's going on in that technique and and what are the bits they need to get mm-hmm. and you know i had it actually recent, this this week with a with a new coach like you don't need to like break like they were uh literally just stood next to a pair like correcting every little thing they did. Right. Um, I was like, no, 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 don't do that because they're not going to... Well, one, you're hovering over them. They're not going to enjoy the class. They're going to feel right. like they're constantly under pressure. Um, and I don't need them to get all the technique today. It's like they've got the rest of their lives in Jiu-Jitsu. To together. Yeah. So let's just give them like the basics right now. They've been yeah. training... These two kids have been training like a few months. Like let them enjoy, them. Let, let them let it fall right. in love with Jiu-Jitsu first yeah. and we can make them legends later, you
1: know? That's it. I really like that with... And since coming coaching, it's helped me as well because mm. I'm looking at it from a different perspective. So when I'm seeing them rolling, I'm trying to coach them and tell them, you know, get this, get the unhook or yeah. get this. And before, I, I I never really kind of looked at it like that. And I think it's helped me think a bit more tactically as well, yeah. of, especially when they're doing a little one minute rolls or, you know, the positional sparring of, of seeing things. Mm-hmm. So it definitely helps me develop as well. But because I'm not, I haven't coached, done a bit of coaching with kids at college, doing sports science and things, and, and obviously working in care. Um, you know, so that's some, something else that helps working with people. But, um, yeah, it's it's, a, it's quite a challenge from me. I haven't obviously had the opportunity to coach any adults yet, but maybe in the future. Is that something uh, you like but, to do, yeah? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've been doing, obviously, helping people out in study hall and and all that kind of stuff, so it's it's there, but it's not one to one, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a it's a different setting than doing it in a yeah. wide class. Um, that's something again for my personal growth of getting over you know the anxiety of public speaking and, mm. and, and mm. you know even even coming here was quite you know anxious. I mm. Build myself up for it, but uh,
2: How come you decided to do the kids coaching as well? What was the catalyst
1: there? Uh, save money. So <laughs> so, sorry, somebody, somebody, yeah no I mean, that's a big no so no, well. uh, again I thought I thought you know if I did that it would uh, definitely with Rufus starting as well um, cuz he was he wanted to join and it was that kind of balance of like well if you come as a coach you could just come with Rufus to his class yeah, and uh, yeah uh, you know forget, forget about obviously discount and membership and things but it was uh, it was like oh yeah again nice I can come on the days that my son comes and not mm-hmm on other random days yeah. so I can be there to support him as well and it doesn't then impact too much on my Not
0: daily like life and time. work and yeah. everything yeah.
1: else and it just fits into my my schedule. Um, but uh, yeah, it's different coming and covering the odd because generally I'm doing the teens classes, mm-hmm. uh, junior teens, uh, but now and again obviously I've been doing the Little Champs and LC1 and LC2 and it's quite, again, your approach is completely different. Oh, yeah. As you say, with the Tiny Champs, it's fun and... And it's really nice when you come and you're you know obviously all the parents are here watching and stuff and the kids and to know that they're in a safe environment with people who are you know i'm a carer by trade anyway so mm. you know i'm dbs i just did just so people know <laughs> and uh the are nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should be. and um you know it's again it's a different kind of thing with the little kids and when they're coming up to you and they've never even met you before and they're just sitting on your knee. Yeah. And it's kind of, and they're all it, excited. It, it's like, oh,
0: I know, you, know, you feel a lot, kind of trust of, yeah, a lot of trust yeah. in
1: you and, and, you know, that kind of really feels nice. But seeing the little kids starting at such a young age, I you think if they, if they stay committed to this till they're 20, you know, the girls, the boys, they're going to be Tough, tough people to handle no no boyfriends girlfriends yeah you know. yeah absolutely w- want to be uh, messing with them but, One of the f- but some of the little kids uh oh, who's it uh sienna i think like really impressed me mm. um when i first saw her train just technically mm-hmm. i was like wow you know are yeah. tiny and your movements just amazing uh you know daria a lot, a lot of other kids you know they're all yeah Showing great potential.
2: Saturday morning—it's it's lost on me a bit now, but Saturday mornings uh, used to be really interesting because you'd see the full gamut of of kids—you know, three years old, three three to fours, right, five to seven, mm-hmm. eight to tens, eleven to fifteens. So yeah. you go, you know, you see the full range of a kid Special growing up. I wondered parents, obviously, that but you like, yeah, or, right. uh, how kids are different at different ages and stuff. Me, not being a parent, not you know, I had siblings that were the same age as me, so I didn't kind of see it at the time. And uh, then learning it like, okay, this is how you speak to a three and four-year-old and this is how it's different the way you speak to a five and seven-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And this is what they can grasp and this is what they can't grasp. And this is the way you would um, punish or deter like a kid who's being naughty in one class compared to a different class. Right, right, right. Um, Or these are the incentives that they care about and these are the like five to seven, they don't care about, uh, you know, if they don't get to do, there's no specific training or sparring into their class in right. these games. Just so like, look, I'm going to have to sit you out at the game if you're being really naughty. They're like, yeah. no.
0: oh man, come on, <laughs> not the game. But
2: uh, you know, uh, right. or like if they're naughty, you kind of think I'm going to sit them out.
0: Yeah.
2: By the time they're eight, 10 years old, I'm like, press ups, sprints, yes. like physical kind of, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah. hey, look, you messed up, like you're going to pay for it in <laughs> in physical activity. In sweat. Yeah. And then if they're being really nice, like, right, no sparring for you today, man. Like,
1: right. It's that balance because you don't want to be too harsh. You want them to enjoy it, but then there has to be that discipline. Yeah. And yeah. I think you you do it really well. You, you do a great you, job you, you, with you that in balance, curve, man. You know, with the kids. It's really cool I'm to terrible watch at remembering names. I, I don't
0: know. Yeah. I, do. I mean, like, I, I'm always impressed on how you know all of their names every time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you do keep a really flawless balance between the upbeat energy and the expected respect and structure to, to the to the day.
2: It's important. I think a lot of the parents and stuff, they want, you know, almost as coaches you feel like, oh no, the parents are watching. I can't beast this kid. <laughs> right? But to be honest, like most of the time they actually want it, they're like, you know, kids being naughty, like please yeah, you know, feel free to address
1: it. that, you know. Yeah, um, but at that age as well, you don't know, you know, when it comes to jujitsu, it's not like with us where it's you know, we, we go home, we're watching tutorials, we're looking at content concert on our phone, yeah. and I think at that age, it's probably not much different to going to the swimming class the parents taking them there or right other, other activities they do, it's just another thing they're doing, yeah. Because uh, I don't think you know, you do chat to some and they don't know who Mikey Musmechi is, and things, yeah, course, you know? they're not right. immersed in the culture quite yet, and maybe. As they get older, they'll.
2: Yeah, that one, passion will grow. Yeah, I think one of the cool things is the. Uh, we have a lot of kids here, kind of like yourself, um, whose parents train as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the, the kids might hear about something from their parents. It's like, mm. you know, the parents shows them a video on, on of jiu jitsu, of a competition type thing. Whereas um, there are a few activities really that you that you can do like that it's like you could go do like a parent kid's swim I guess right, um, right but you ain't playing like five or five football with your kid are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know jumping on your kid's athletics race but you can go home and uh, you know do some proper jiu-jitsu with your kid or like
0: would of the have
2: a parents and kids class here
0: yeah no it's uh, it's it's cool to to observe that and and it's also I think interesting like I was thinking about this a few weeks ago just like when I think about when I was young and whoever the toughest kids in my area were, it wouldn't have lasted two minutes with the kids out of here. Like two minutes, like seriously. like. Mm-hmm. And you're like, of course, you're still talking about kids and kids fighting and what kid can fight at that age or should, should be fighting mm-hmm. at that age. But, you know, when I think about it, it's pretty, it's pretty the, 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 the skill level is not comparable, period. But the thing that also makes me excited about that for these young kids, all of them, but especially the girls is that their default setting for self-defense when they feel threatened will be yeah. using one of the most efficient ways to defend yourself on Earth. Period. Mm-hmm. That that becomes their default setting. I mean, that's that's exciting to help cultivate in in, in them. You know,
1: it's a great art to have. You know, I think as, as, as a kid who was bullied and things, not having that that, that self-defense. Yeah. yeah. It. I mean even as an adult now starting doing it, you know, I've I've grown so much more in in, in confidence as as well, in knowing that I can look yeah. after myself, but not just physically and if I was in a situation in a fight, just also how it's helped me grow personally. Yeah. Um through just being such a oh, chill person. Yeah. No, um, that's beautiful. Um, you know, and as you were saying earlier, in, in terms of you know, there's not many other martial arts that have a you know the culture around it like there's a code and and that you find yourself immersed in you're not yeah. just training martial arts and hitting pads and stuff it's it's more about the people and the community it's yes, like and a Tuesday Thursday growth
0: right yeah. experience
1: you know and I, I felt definitely now and still still there's growth to be had and I still want to implement other things which I'm inspired by role models yourselves other people I see online uh, where I want to kind of I want to be that person yeah oh yeah. man
2: endless yeah. growth isn't it um loads more uh, we could have talked about today mike Loads more jiu-jitsu there's more about getting your purple bell there's more about that kind of stuff but if you want to come on again definitely have yeah you. definitely and um but if people you know don't just wait for the next podcast make sure you um speak to mike when you see him in the academy for or sure. if you're a parent he might be around you in like the summer gathering kind of times you know um, in between the sessions. So, you know, don't be afraid to pull any of the coaches aside and say hey and, and um, learn a bit more about them as well. So, uh, thanks, Mike. You're welcome.
1: Thank, Thank you, Professor Edison. Yeah,
2: always, man. As until as well. next time,
1: guys. it's fun. Okay. Was.